Sasha. Hey, Courtney. Why are your skeletons so calm? I don't know. Why? Because nothing gets under their skin. Because uh. they don't have any skin. <laughs> but we have skin, and we're very stressed. It's uh. Spoo Power! Welcome back to Spoop Hour, a paranormal comedy podcast hosted by two Halloweenies who have a lot of stuff under their skin right now. (laughs) This is Sasha. This is Courtney. We're going to do the best we can. We're bringing you a mini-sode today because last week Sasha started school and I just had like an absolutely butts work week. So, you know, like my work week was to the point where like my supervisor asked me point blank, are you okay? <laughs> yeah. So that's that's where we're at. We're also on the internet on Instagram and Twitter at Spoop Hour, or you can contact us, spoophour at gmail.com. Send us your questions, send us your favorite cryptid stuff, and even if you missed our Q&A, we'll still answer your questions. I just remembered there was a Q&A question that was in our Twitter DMs that I missed because I didn't get the notification for it. Yeah. Because stupid Twitter. So... Would you like to do that right now? Sure. Like but thing. I was also okay, going to so. say, if you ever feel like you are having a supreme lack of spoop hour, you can support us on Patreon for $3 a month and get bonus yep. content so you can hear us talk even more. Yes. And a few episodes ago, we detailed how for the low, low price of $3 one time, you can get all of our bonus contact, content and then cancel your Patreon membership. And I won't take it personally. I really won't. I understand. I get it. Sometimes $3 is hard. Yeah. So, you do you, y'all. All right, so Maureen, who is one of our Patreon supporters, DM'd us on Twitter to ask, if you could make one cryptid real, which one it would it be, and why? Ooh. Such a good question. That's a really good question. Maureen. I'm assuming that if we made the cryptid real, it would be our friend, not, like, try and kill <laughs> Edith. <laughs> that's, that's pretty important for me. Yeah. Honestly, I think it would be, for me, the Loch Ness Monster. Because as much as I love our interpretation of the Jersey Devil, I'm also pretty sure that's not how he would be if we were to make him real. (laughs) And that would just disappoint me. So I I could do with Nessie. I would like to, like, go to the Scottish Highlands and just, like, commune with Nessie for a bit, you know. Yeah. I like Nessie as well. I think Mothman, because given his level of fame, we could become his managers and we could get a cut of that. I like that. Plus, he can fly, so he can, like, take us places real quick. Mm -hmm. So we wouldn't have to drive if we don't feel like it. We can be like, hey, Mothman, can you, like, pop me over to New York for the weekend? And he'd be like, no problem, because that's how Mothman talks. And then just, like, whip, whip, whip. No problem. That's his uh, (laughs) little wings. Yeah. I'd be like, hey, Mothman, can you zip us over to Scotland to visit with Nessie? And he'd be like, totally, there's a tea house on the banks of Loch Ness somewhere, I think. I'm not sure. <laughs> we would have to, like, wear, like, time. flight suits. Well, you know, yeah. he's warm, I would imagine. Yeah, I was just imagining both of us wearing jumpsuits over our regular clothes. <laughs> I would be in, like, a baby Bjorn on his back, like, a little, <laughs> right? And then you would be in, like, a sling or a harness, like, that he, like, he oh, can yeah. also hold and he support. He could fireman's carry Yeah, me. so he's he's carrying you like this in uh-huh. the front, and, and I'm just, like, latched on <laughs> to him in the back. And your little legs and arms are just flailing. Just dangling on the other side of him. 
All right. Yeah. Okay. So we'll coordinate. You will bring back Mothman, which I'll be on board for, and yeah. he will fly us to visit Nessie, whom I will bring back. So thanks, Maureen. <laughs> if you have questions that you missed getting into us before our third Potiversary Q&A, don't worry about it. You can email those to spoophour at gmail.com. You can email us your firsthand spooky stories. You can DM us on Twitter and Instagram. You know, just talk yeah. to us about stuff. So did anything spooky happen to you this week? Besides yes. the overwhelming amount of work we both had to do. <laughs> yes, other than the <laughs> general, like, crushing weight of existence. Mm-hmm. So I'm checking my notes to see if there was something else I forgot. Oh, my God. I'm cursed. Like, remember my, my toilet ghost? Mm-hmm. I think the ghost that got exercised out of the toilet now lives in the laundry room. The utility oh, no. room, as it were. Because... Like, since quarantine began, I've had to deal with, like, four separate instances of an ungodly stink in the utility room. Oh, God. And so I'm cursed with stinky laundry. Then last night, after I was like, well, I'm ready for bed. I've done a deep clean of my fucking dryer chute. I could use a nice rest. Like, the second I fell asleep, I had the windows open because it was nice out. And a fucking fox was like... What if I could scream in my horrifying way for like an hour? So that was that was fun. What about you? Did anything spooky happen to you this week? Going to teach a class online and only seeing black squares because no one wants to turn on their camera, so you're just like performing to no one, and it's like your worst nightmare. And you do that four times a day, every day (laughs) for 80 minutes at a time. It's doing. I'm doing matinee performances to an empty audience. I love it. You should start wearing costumes. Yeah, I should. Just, like, spice it up for yourself. Yeah, I absolutely should. One of my coworkers is doing that. Basically, nice. she wears something outrageous each day to see, like, which of her students says anything. She just, like, <laughs> shows up and doesn't say anything about her outrageous costume. Yeah, she just... see, I would be the student who would notice but would be too scared to say anything because I wouldn't want to hurt my teacher's feelings. So yeah. I'd be like, did y'all see that crazy hat? But I wouldn't want to say it to her face in case she was like, I love this hat. Yeah. Yeah, that's the the one drawback about these big headphones is, like, they're really useful, Mm -hmm. but I can't wear my giant earrings with them, and I have a lot of interesting pairs of giant earrings, including but not limited to, like, my giant Donald Duck ones that I bought this summer. One of the spooky things that happened this week, I mean, it's not spooky, it was more, like, scary, because one of my new students on day two goes... Mr. Ann, you speak like you have a podcast. <gasps> no. And then my team teacher goes, yeah, Mr. Ann has a podcast. No. <laughs> James, why? <laughs> Selling you out. Jesus. So oh, and then we got like an indoor security camera to, that goes on one of our kitchen cabinets and looks oh, yeah, down yeah. at like where the dog lives. So we can check on her in the middle of the night or like if we mm-hmm. run out, run errands, we can like see how she's doing. It has night vision mode, and the dog sits in the kitchen. We, like, leave her crate door open, but she's gated into the kitchen. She has, like, a little – she has a fleece blanket on the floor next, you know, next to her cage that she can sit in if she doesn't want to be in the cage. But the cat patrols at night. Yes. And all the lights are off in the house, and you just see two shining lights start going (laughs) around the baby gate, just, like, floating – and it is the most unsettling thing because the dog is just like sitting on her little blanket, you just know, like outside of her kennel. Snooze. And she's happy and cute. And then she hears the sound and you see her, like, she also has the glowing eyes, but you can see more of her silhouette, right? Yeah. And you see her head turn and there's just like these glowing eyes on the other side of the gate. <laughs> and I just like feel so bad for her because 
you know, she, she lived in the shelter with, like, other dogs. So, yeah. like, she knows what another dog is. But our cat is, like, mostly Not black a with a little white face that looks like she's wearing a mask. And it's basically a shadow. She moves around pretty quietly. She has a bell on her collar. But basically, this dog is now having to deal with something approximately her size. But, like, a shadow. Just sort your of always existing. Your dog thinks your house is haunted. Right. And so, Jack was trying to tell me, like, imagine if... I brought you from a place to this place and you had no idea what was going on and there was just like a solid black figure that was kind of lanky (laughs) and like when it stood up it got stretchier and taller for some reason and just like always wore a mask and quietly followed you around. And I'd be like, yeah, I wouldn't know what the fuck that was. And he's like, yeah, so basically you're just dealing with... What's that? There's that cryptid that hides behind the trees. The hide, 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 a, hide about or hide around or something. I don't know. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll look it up and tell you about it. But yes, but please do. I, I, I learned like, about I it through Gravity Falls, and I've looked it up before. But basically it's just this cryptid that hides behind trees. And so like when you look behind you, it's gone. Oh. But just like, kind of follows you around. Yeah. Not like Slender Man, but like a little bit more like inconspicuous and less scary. Yeah. Which is like always a, kind of behind you. There's a boogeyman in one of the Discworld books in Reaper Man who he's agoraphobic and he's like scared to be around people. So like whenever he goes places, he just like has a door that he brings with him and he like walks with his door in front of him. So you still can't see him. You'll just turn around. There'll just be a door there. <laughs> So it's like that. So I guess like the spooky thing is that my cat is like my your, my your dog is scared is of my creepy cat. Pasta in your dog. Exactly. Oh man. This isn't a scary thing that happened to me. I just I meant to bring it up last week and I didn't. So my best friend in the world, no offense, Sasha, but I hate no, you okay. deeply. No, and you I, know this. No, I, I am I am another best friend, but not yes, your best friend on, in the whole world. I'm yeah, on the tier. But you're on not, the tier. We've been over this. And again, we don't talk when we're not in a podcast because we actually deeply hate each other. Legally speaking, Sasha's not even allowed to make eye contact with me. I was going to so. say, go check your DMs. While we were recording our Twilight bonus content, I think I sent you 15 messages. Uh, do you think I haven't already responded to those DMs? <laughs> oh, <I> lo- <laughs> you did! Yeah, we deeply hate each other. It's fine. So, my best friend in the world is a teacher of very small children, and she is virtual this year, and a lot of her students are from lower economic opportunity families. So because of this, because they're in these lower socioeconomic families, it's harder for them to have access to resources to make virtual learning as fun and enhancing. So she has a donors choose project running right now to fundraise so she can do daily stuff for her kids. I think it's like daily downloads and daily giveaway things to just try and like create an engaging learning environment for these students. What does this have to do with Spoop, Courtney? Well, we're going to post a link for it in the episode description. If you donate to it, any amount, even a dollar, even 50 cents, any amount at all, I'll send you some Spoop Hour stickers. So you just got to send me a screenshot of your donation. If you know anything about school funding, it is inconsistent from yes. like state to state. And then yep. even within a state or a, county a to county, school yeah. district or a county, like things are different. So mm-hmm. our school district was lucky enough a few years ago to get a grant to start getting students technology. So mm-hmm. at the very least, and, and then all of our pay got frozen to get our elementary school kids laptops. And that's great. Like I'm... yeah. 
Like, please, I'm glad that, that, great, do it, right? Yep. But I teach at one of our lower SES schools as well in our district, and Mm. we have a pantry at our school that the PTSA runs. Mm. But since the pandemic and, like, over the summer, our shelves are empty now. And so you can donate money or you can order things from Amazon and get it shipped directly to the school. So Mm -hmm. I'll share that link too. Yeah. And then send us a screenshot of your donation to either thing or both things. If you do both things, I will send you the full set of Chonky Cryptid stickers. And then I'll write you a thank you note too from over here. (laughs) Yeah. You're going to get so many thank you notes. You're going to be like, please stop talking to me. Oh my God, you're embarrassing me. Mom, just send us a screenshot of your donation. The links are in the description. Thank you. We love you. We appreciate it. Funds your schools. But in the meantime, we're going to do it on a personal level while we do incremental change at the governmental local level. Yes. So, what are we talking about for today's mini-sode that's already half over? (laughs) (laughs) The dangers of mini-sodes. We are going to read each other some creepypastas. Hell yeah. And one of the creepypastas I'm going to read is actually a Am I the Asshole? (laughs) (laughs) Because... It was absolutely our shit. <laughs> We're going to read two creepypastas and an Am I the Asshole today. Would you like me to go first with yeah. the creepypasta? Actually, you know what? I'll go first because I've got the creepypasta and the Am I the Asshole. So You're right. Bing, bing, boom. Okay. <laughs> so my creepypasta is called Pale Luna. In the last decade and a half, it's become infinitely easier to obtain exactly what you're looking for by way of a couple of keystrokes. The internet has made it all too simple to use a computer to change reality. An abundance of information is merely a search engine away, to the point where it's hard to imagine life as any different. Yet, a generation ago, when the, world, when the words streaming and torrent were meaningless, were meaningless save for conversations about water... We <laughs> <laughs> said so, torrent about water? Yeah, like a, like a torrent or like torrential well, downpour. Like a torrential downpour, yeah. yeah. I never thought about that being the same word. Huh. Huh. Maybe I'm dumb. But also, I was thinking <laughs> a generation ago, it's like, yeah, when you and I were children. Yes, <laughs> and when alive. we were babies. Yes. <laughs> People met face-to-face to conduct so- software swap parties, trading <laughs> games and applications on Sharpie-labeled five-and-a-quarter-inch floppies. Did they really? I guess so, but I also think about like... When I was in ninth grade, obviously at that point the PS2 had come out, but Mm -hmm. I had just got my first video game console, well, second after the Game Boy Advanced SP, but like I got my first real console, which was PS2, Mm -hmm. and I had friends who would bring me their PS1 games so I could see what I missed. And so we would like trade, like soft, yeah. See, this just makes me think of my mom and my brother were pretty big, and I think to this day still are, into computer games. Mm -hmm. I've always been, I mean, I haven't always been, but I am a handheld game person, but I'll watch people play computer games, it's fine. But I remember we went to go visit my aunt and uncle and my two cousins, and my one cousin burned my mom and my brother a copy of Roller Coaster Tycoon, except he spelled coaster wrong, so the CD that he burned it onto says Roller Coaster Tycoon, and I'm pretty sure it's still in my parents' house. So whenever I think of the game Roller Coaster Tycoon, I either think of Mr. Bones Wild Ride, which is a very (laughs) funny YouTube video if you'd like to watch it. I love it. Or Roller Coaster Tycoon. Roller Coaster. Kevin Costner's Roller Coaster Tycoon. Kevin Costner presents Roller Coaster Tycoon. (laughs) (laughs) How much will it cost her is the the tagline of that movie. (laughs) Coster, I hardly knew her. (laughs) Anyway, Mm. back in the olden times of the 1990s, people (laughs) traded software. (laughs) 
Okay, so let's get back into this creepypasta, because it's not creepy yet. We're just establishing how we're old just we are. <laughs> yeah, we're just pastaing. We're thinking about Roller Coaster Tycoon, and we're just pastaing. Pastaing. So, of course, most of the time, the software meets were a way of frugal, uh, for frugal, community-minded individuals to trade popular games like King Quest and Maniac Mansion amongst themselves. However, a few early programming talents designed their own computer games to share amongst their circle of acquaintances, who, in turn, would pass it on until, if fun and well-designed enough, an independently developed game had its place in the collection of aficionados across the country. Think of it as the 80s equivalent of a viral video. Pale Luna, on the other hand, was never circulated outside of the San Francisco Bay Area. All known copies have been long disposed of, and all computers that have ever run the game are now detritus buried under layers of filth and polystyrene. This fact is attributed to a number of rather obtruse design choices made by its programmer. Pale Luna was a text adventure in the vein of Zork and the Lurking Horror, at a time when the said genre was swiftly going out of fashion. Upon booting up the program, the player was presented with a screen almost completely blank except for the text. You are in a dark room. Moonlight shines through the window. There is gold in the corner, along with a shovel and a rope. There is door to the east. Command? So began the game that one writer for a long out-of-print fanzine decreed as enigmatic, nonsensical, and completely unplayable as the only commands that game would accept were pick up gold, pick up shovel, pick up rope, open door, go east. The player was soon presented with the following. Reap your reward. Pale Luna smiles at you. You are in a forest. There are paths to the north, west, and east. Command? What quickly infuriated the few who've played the game was the confusing and buggy nature of the second screen onward. Only one of the directional decisions would be the correct one. For example, on this occasion, a command to go in a direction other than north would lead to the system freezing, requiring the operator to hard reboot the entire computer. Mm, For like the ET video game. For yeah, Atari. I was just thinking about the ET video games that are buried in a ditch in the desert. Yeah. Because E.T. would get stuck in, like, a pit, and there was literally no way to get out of the pit once you were in it. <laughs> in it, yeah. Just the worst game. So apparently this is gunning for that worst game spot, actually. Pale Luna is like, E.T. hoomst. Right. Further, any subsequent screens seem to merely repeat the above text, with the difference being only the directions available. Worse still, the standard text adventure commands appear to be useless. The only accepted non-movement-related prompts were... Use gold, which caused the game to display the message, not here. Use shovel, which brought up, not now. And use rope, which prompted the text, you've already used this. Most who played the game progressed a couple of screens into it before, become, before becoming fed up by having to constantly reboot and tossing the disc in disgust, writing off the experience as a shoddily programmed farce. However, there is one thing about the world of computers that remains true, no matter the era. Some people who use them have way too much time on their hands. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> I'm in this picture and I don't like it. <laughs> A young man by the name of Michael Nevins decided to see if there was more to Pale Luna than what met the eye. 
five hours and 33 screens worth of trial and error and unplugged Jesus. computer cords later, he finally managed the, to make the game display a different text. The text <sighs> in this new area read, Pale Luna smiles wide. There are no pads. Pale Luna smiles wide. The ground is soft. Pale Luna smiles wide. Here. Command? It was another hour still before Nevin stumbled upon the proper combination of phrases to make the game progress any further. Dig hole. Drop gold. Then fill hole. This caused the screen to display, congratulations, big dash mark, 40.24248, long dash, long dash, minus 121.4434. Upon which the game ceased to accept commands, requiring the user to reboot one last time. After much deliberation, Nevins came to the conclusion that the numbers referred to lines of latitude and longitude. <gasps> that was going to be my guess. I feel so smart again. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, I'm back in it. <laughs> the coordinates lead to a point in the sprawling forest that dominated the nearby Lassen Volcanic Park. As he possessed much more free time than sense, Nevins <sighs> vowed to see Pale Luna through to its ending. The next day, armed with a map, a compass, and a shovel... He navigated the park's trail, noting with amusement how each turn he made corresponded roughly to those that he took in-game. Real quick, what were the coordinates again? It was like 40.24248. Yes. And then and minus 121.4434. How impressed are you that I remember the first number, though? I'm very impressed. You have a airtight, Loctite memory. It's just, it's just so useful. Minus twenty dollars. <laughs> Foot mountain. Foot <laughs> mountain. Oh yeah, I found it. it's in California. Ah, oh, now I have to pick all the images with bicycles. Yeah, I got <sighs> it in I, a potato patch campground. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So it's just a poorly researched creepy pasta. It's not that important, but I just wanted to see what we. I really wanted with. to see it too. Yeah. <laughs> he possessed more free time than sense. I like that line a lot. <laughs> Whomst among us. Whomst among us. Though he initially regretted bringing the cumbersome digging tool on a mere hunch, the past similarity all but confirmed his suspicion that the journey would end with him face to face with an eccentric's buried treasure. Out of breath after a tricky struggle to the coordinates, he was pleasantly surprised to, by a literal stumble upon a patch of uneven dirt. <gasps> Shoveling as excitedly as he was would be an understatement to say that he was taking aback when his heavy strokes unearthed the badly decomposing head of a blonde-haired girl. Oop. Nevins promptly reported the situation to the authorities. The girl was identified as Karen Paulson, aged 11, reported missing to the San Diego Police Department a year and a half prior. Efforts were made to track down the programmer of Pale Luna, but the nearly anonymous legal gray area in which the software swapping community operated inescapably, inescapably led to many dead ends. Collectors have been known to offer upwards of six figures for an authentic copy of the game. The rest of Karen's body was never found. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. That's a quality creepypasta. Yeah, that was bonkers. I like that. All right, this creepypasta is called Just a Children's Show? Question mark, And it's by Lolliette Lollipop 018 on Wattpad.com. Love Wattpad. Good job, Wattpad. <laughs> <laughs> 
I remember one show from my childhood. Only one, in fact. This is the only full memory I have of my childhood before I moved. When I was about four, I lived in a condo. It was average-sized and fairly nice. That's all I know to describe it, other than it was two stories. I can't remember what I did there, but I know I was not old enough to attend school. Instead, I spent all day at home trying to amuse myself. It's funny. I never remember leaving my home other than to play in the yard. Even then, I never left the front yard. I do remember one thing very well. I remember a TV show I watched. It played on Noggin at 2.30 a.m. Damn, girl, you were up at 2.30 a.m. when you were four? Where are your fucking parents? <laughs> Jesus. I don't remember ever doing anything else at the condo. I would watch this show. I cannot remember the name, nor can I remember any character name. I only remember one character name, the Boogeyman. Well, either you remember no character names or you only remember one character name. Get your fucking story straight. <laughs> <laughs> He was very strange. He'd wear a nice suit and carry a cane, and his head was like a brain exposed and swollen. Can I tell a funny story about my childhood when I was four? It's not yeah. that funny. Yeah. There were a lot of pigeons where we lived, and there were also a lot of rats where we lived, because we lived in not very good base housing. And we think one of the pigeons got stuck in a rat trap, and we called him the brain because part of his brain was exposed. But the brain was the boss of all the other pigeons. Like, they all respected him. <laughs> he was the king of all the pigeons. Because he's like, look, my brain's outside of my head. Don't and I'm fuck still with me. fine. Yeah. You want to fucking go? So. <laughs> anyway, maybe this creepypasta is about that pigeon I knew. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you wrote it. Oh my god, Inception. Inception. <laughs> it was green, too. Oh, the brain's brain wasn't green. It was just a brain. It was just a brain. A very bright green, like fresh summer grass. He'd spin around. He'd spin as the only thing my young brain would equate it to, a ballerina. He'd spin around and around while singing in a terribly strange voice, words I cannot recall. I think it was something like, here comes the boogeyman, here comes the boogeyman. Imagine I sang that creepier. I just realized I did a very... Here comes the boogeyman, here we did a little man. cheery dance as I sang the creepy song. <laughs> the other characters looked as if they were in high school students. Considering shows from the same time period, they must have been middle school students in the show. They were your stereotypical cast. A black girl and a white girl, a leader boy, a cowardly male, and a geeky girl. Tag yourself, I'm obviously the geeky girl. The geeky girl spent all episodes on a computer, clicking away at keys that monitored their environment. The school. Yes, this all took place at a school. Huh. A red-slash-pink-slash-brown-bricked school. The school had lots of surveillance cameras. The year at this point was 2001. Oof. E. <laughs> We're so old. <laughs> there are no children's shows that had really adapted to the 9-11 standards of camera everywhere. Hell, even now in shows, you almost never see cameras in school like there are in my high school. I found this strange. Did our high school have cameras? I don't think it did. It started to because a boy in your grade had his trombone stolen. Oh. Yeah, and then they started installing security cameras. We have, in the last few years, we now have, like, security cameras up the, up the yang up yeah. in our building. Just, but not in the classrooms, only in the hallways. Gotcha. Back to the creepypasta. What you didn't just hear, dear listener, was us reminiscing about a trombone player that we went to high school with who was a really cool guy, and a trumpet player we went to high school with who sucked. <laughs> so, anyway, at my age, never having been to a school, I remember that I thought schools never had cameras. There were four different areas that were used a lot. A hallway intersection, a classroom for a nondescript class, an outside lunch table, and a dark room. The hallways were always a pink-red color with shiny tiles and the walls an off-white. These kids would sneak into the school after dark every night to try and catch the boogeyman. 
They didn't seem like they wanted to go and find him, as the only time they left the room was when they needed something. Otherwise, they'd stay in the classroom, barring the doors with chairs, and having the girl at the computer tell them where he was in the school using the cameras. And there was a gum dispensing machine by the monitor. It was a replica of the gum. Gum, like gum, like the kind you chew. Chew, okay. And what holds your teeth in. But presumably it's not that kind of gum. (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) How horrifying. That would be a real fucking creepypasta. (laughs) It was a replica of the boogeyman, but with a purple brain head, and it was really small. And they all looked like they were out of breath, like they had just finished running. One episode had the boogeyman spinning down the intersection singing. The students all sat there watching him on the monitor. He kept singing, here comes the boogeyman. After a few seconds, his song continued, going past what must have been the chorus. The boogeyman will always come. The boogeyman is scared of none. Ashes to ashes and dust to dust. Your rotting bodies will fall to rest. (laughs) I wish I hadn't picked such a cheery melody for this song. So funny. (laughs) Kind of undercuts the scariness. Also, rotting bodies don't fall to rest. That's not a thing that happens to human bodies. Unless they're made of metal, but then they wouldn't be a human body. Anyway. To my innocent mind at two in the morning... Again, girl, why are you awake at two in the morning? Why are you awake at... Where are are your parents? Who's allowing you to watch TV that late at night? I then thought of something. I never actually saw the kids enter the school. I never saw them with equipment to catch this boogeyman. It was never dark. The outside table was well lit by the sun. They never showed any students ever leave the building. And one last thing. The pinkish tiles were a bit darker than pink. It was a rather shiny maroon shade. The show isn't on anymore. It seemed a lot like Are You Afraid of the Dark?, this is more than a scary story. More than just another knockoff of Candle Cove. Is it? Is it? Is it? But also, why would this be on Noggin? That's an excellent point. Noggin was for nerd shows. Yeah. This is not a nerd show. This is a true, honest-to-God show I remember as a kid, and any information you have on it would be very helpful if anyone remembers the name of this show. The end. Wait, that was it? Yeah, that was it. Oh, I thought it was going to be like turns out i was in it (laughs) yeah or it turns out i had eaten them and they were all inside my body huh (laughs) girl where are your parents where are your parents why are they letting you watch spooky shit at 2 30 in the goddamn morning when you're four okay well let me read this am i the asshole because yes and we'll close out our main it's so funny okay so this is for context, uh, dear listener. When we were in college, we devised a plan for how our lives were going to go, and basically we were going to run away to Canada together. Because at the time, this is how old we are. At the time, gay marriage was pretty much only legal in Canada nearby, and so we were like, we're going to run away to Canada. We're going to get married, and we're going to adopt a moose. <laughs> yeah. So this and is what that is. That was going to be like the straightest gay marriage too. We were just it moving was. to Canada because we heard that like. Like, anyone can basically just get married or be in, like, a civil union and, like, get a tax break and, like, it's just, everything's easier. Yeah, so we were like, let's just get a civil union and get a tax break. The two of us were convinced that we would never find someone who would love us (laughs) besides each other. (laughs) Look, college sometimes was a dark time for us. We've since found people, but, you know, it's never too late. Yeah, it's never too late. Maybe we will run away to Canada. We just don't know. Yeah, it could be, like, much later when you and I are just, like, both old and, like, you know, we're gonna golden girls it. Live, we're gonna go- I love the concept of the golden girls. Obviously, right? I want to have a nice, long, and healthy like marriage with my husband. Yes. We're but, not wishing that our partners would die. Right. But, like, but it's like, but when that time comes to just live with friends. your lady friends yeah, and <laughs> in just a house, like, 
in Florida. Make brownies and <laughs> yeah. just like have a blast. Yeah. Yeah. Let's fucking do it. Yeah. Let's in Canada it. with in our pet Canada moose. Canada with our pet moose. Okay. <laughs> so this is absolutely our shit because of this idea that we would have moved to Canada with a pet moose. And, and this would have been what happened. Courtney is the skeptic and I yep. am the believer. <laughs> yep. So this is posted on the subreddit Am I the Asshole by user House Maybe Haunt. <laughs> Am I the asshole for being mad that my husband let us buy a possibly haunted house? Again, husband in this circumstance is me. <laughs> and I am wife. <laughs> We're in our early 30s with kids. We decided to sell our home and upgrade to a bigger one. We were looking well, for house. Well, because moose are so big. Huh? Because moose, moose are, are so, so big. big. Yeah. Yeah. Your house is not big enough for a moose. We got to get, we got to upgrade. <laughs> upgrade. We were looking for houses for a couple of months and finding it frustrating, got outbid on one we really liked. Let me tell you, getting outbid on a house is no joke. The housing market here is no joke. It Ugh. blows. Anyway. So I feel for this family. But anyway. This is why we're moving to Canada. <laughs> this is why we're moving to Canada. Hopefully we moves. move to a place that is awesome and has a good housing market. Yep. Okay. Then my husband told me his coworker was selling his house and thought we might be interested. Mm. Me and my husband went over for dinner, had a good time, and got a good look at the house. It met everything we were looking for. We decided to go forward and enter negotiations about buying the house and moved in in July. And this post was posted like 17 hours ago as of Sunday, September 13th. Yeah. So this is like this past summer they moved. Living in the house has been nice so far. However, I recently ran into the coworker's wife at the supermarket and we were chatting about the house. I mentioned that I'm starting to decorate for the fall and she said that the spooky decorations will make the ghost feel at home and left. <laughs> that sounds absolutely like you and me running into I, anyone. Yeah, I would, I would be like, I'm already decorating for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> so I was very confused and asked her what she meant and she seemed equally confused. She said that she and the kids had weird experiences, bad nightmares, doors slamming, weird noises, creepy auras in the house, and they thought it was haunted. She assumed my husband had mentioned that to me, and we were on the same page, and we didn't care. <laughs> Absolutely me. I would buy the haunted house and just not tell you it might be yeah. haunted. I'd be well, like, well, reader. Well, real, she'll be fine. <laughs> well, reader slash listener of our podcast. <laughs> we were not on the same page. My <laughs> My husband never told me. For background, for background, my husband is a very skeptical and, quote, rational man. I confronted him, and he said he didn't tell me because, one, his coworker said he'd never experienced anything, so it was just the wife and kids. And, two, he knew I would get irrational and be scared even though the house is perfect for us. And, three, ghosts are not real anyway. <laughs> this would be absolutely that me would talking be absolutely you down. You. I'd be like, one, Sasha, only the wife and kids had it. They probably had nightmares or maybe there's a carbon monoxide leak. Right. Two, it's such a perfect house. Three, ghosts aren't real. So yeah. what are we talking about? <laughs> there is some something, though, to like a man minimizing the experiences of a woman. Yes, there absolutely is. Yeah. That's why it's better if it were us acting this out. Yeah. Because I would not be minimizing your experiences. I'd just be like, Sasha, have you experienced any ghosts in the house? Then the house is fine. Yeah. So, he insisted that he did not withhold information about the house itself. It was just irrelevant information about the coworker's family and their beliefs. I am infuriated that he let us buy this house without telling me. I now feel scared in my own home. I don't feel safe here at night anymore, and every noise puts me on edge. I've been looking for a sale on cameras so we can record inside the house and see if we can identify if any spirits are visiting. By the way, I'm going to 
plug Wise, W-Y-Z-E, their cameras are pretty good. We have one posed outside because we have a phantom pooper. Someone, like, it's me. Someone, someone's large dog keeps taking shits on our lawn. And we have a small dog who <laughs> so stays yours. indoors and poops in the backyard. Like, it's not ours. So W-Y-Z-E to this lady on Am I the Asshole? I also told our children about it so they can be safe and aware. But mistake. my husband. That, that was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> I would not tell our moose. No. Um, you're just going to scare the moose. You're just going to scare the moose. So I told our children about it so they can be safe and aware, but my husband is now mad at me because they're scared too. I'm hoping the h- previous family was either hallucinating, but both the wife's and, wife and kids, or that the spirits traveled with them to their new house. <laughs> Well, maybe they personally were haunted. (laughs) Right. I'm not sure what I will do if they are actually here. My husband's not being very considerate of my fears and just keeps insisting that ghosts are not real. He says (laughs) I have no right to be mad and throw our family into turmoil over this. I know what he believes, but it's not what I believe, and he put us into this situation. Am I the asshole? I say yes, because you shouldn't have told the kids. You're just going to scare the kids. Yeah, I'm looking at the comments. The first comment says... I like this story, so what the hell? You're the asshole. <laughs> Even if you prescribe to the belief of spirits, and I'm not knocking you for that, there was no reason to purposely frighten your children, so you're the asshole yep. for that. Also, where are you buying these special cameras that will catch spirits? Because if those existed, then there would be a whole lot of things the world could settle on. That's true. I would love to buy a camera that records ghosts just to definitively prove once and for all whether or not ghosts exist. Spoiler right. alert, they do not. <laughs> Yeah, basically, people, you're the asshole. You're the asshole. You told your children. What the fuck? You're the asshole. If you didn't notice anything before yeah. the co-worker's wife told you, why do you assume the place is haunted? Get yeah, over it. Yeah, it's not like they were experiencing spooky shit, and then she ran into the, the co-worker's wife and was like, did anything weird happen when the house, when you right. lived in the house? It's no. just, she was like, haha, ghosts. And right. now she's like, whoa. You're the asshole. If you have, uh, so someone said, get over it or hire an exorcist. <laughs> yeah, everyone's calling her a shitty parent. These things happen. Yeah. It'd be much if, more whimsical if it were us and our moose. Oh, you're the asshole. Ghosts have rights. <laughs> <laughs> the ghosts are like, we were here first. <laughs> also, like, the other thing is, like, the coworker like, laughed about it. Like, haha, putting yeah. up Halloween decorations. Like, sh- if she didn't seem, like, worried about it, like... Why are you? Anyway. anyway this has been a Spoop Hour mini-sode-ish. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed these creepypastas. Don't tell the moose. Don't tell the moose. If you think your house is haunted, do not tell your pet moose. You're just going to scare them. And we all know a scared moose is a bad moose. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us as we take a little almost baby break. We're taking, we're doing this mini-sode. We'll hopefully be back at it with a regular episode next week. So thank you for your patience. Stay strong. Wash your hands. Wear your masks. You can start celebrating Halloween now. Yeah, close enough. it's spooky season, baby. Yeah, no rules, only Halloween. Whoop, whoop, whoop.